This is Wrestling for the Faith. Wrestling for the Faith. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Wrestling for the Faith podcast. I'm Casey. I'm the coach. And today we are joined, and I'm going to go ahead and say it, this may be a mistake. Coach, no reason to cover your face. Come on. (laughs) We are joined by our wonderful wives. First, my wife, Jonna, and then the coach's wife, Denna. And so they heard us talking last week about the kickball game. And Mm -hmm. somehow, some way, you know, the coach decided that he wanted to bring their names up. I was just going to leave it with what Connor said, but the coach wanted to bring their names up, yeah. so now they yeah. got to—they're—they're they're all defensive, and they wanted to come on and and they wanted to give their side of the story of the infamous remnant retreat kickball game. So, ladies, say hi. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Coach, are we going to regret this? Probably, yeah. But uh, <laughs> we'll give them their time to. I'm uh, just going to say. Go ahead. Go ahead. That me and you are very competitive. Yes. And I just realized after I was listening to the podcast, we're never on the same team. We're not. No. This is true. If we play baseball, we're against each other. And kickball, we're against each other. Hmm. But I will say that I was part of playing the game, and I was on Team Gunner's side. And when I was coming from third to home, you tried to stop me from scoring. That's true. I don't this remember. This is true. Yes. Oh. You tried to say she didn't touch the base. Yeah. Third base. You tried to say she didn't touch it. I remember. I, d- I didn't see third base. I couldn't see so way out there. Somebody, you are, you are somebody else said that she didn't touch third base. So you just uh, decided you were going to take their side? It was somebody on my team, so yes, honey. Even though now, we are married, if we're in competition no, 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 no. against each other at that very moment, <laughs> then yes, I'm taking my teammates. But we always side. tell the kids, if somebody else jumps off the bridge, you going to jump off it too? Well, honey, I was trying to win. Anyways, I wasn't worried anyways, about jumping off a bridge. Anyways, yeah, <laughs> I made that point, and you tried to stop me. But I, I think we ended up giving it to you anyway, right? Oh yeah, because I made the point. So I scored. Just, just like I said last week, and just like I told my team, we went ahead and gave you your point, even though, Come on. even though you did not touch third base. So there's another one that we can bring up, Coach. That so that should have put us ahead at the end, sixteen to twelve instead of fifteen to twelve. So if she didn't touch third base, then that was not actually a point for for you guys. It was a point. She touched third base, though. So. <sighs> I was sitting yeah, at I third about base. busted she my tail third base. Because I even made the comment, we don't need to touch the Frisbees as okay. the base because she you slid. Okay, well, here's the thing. I wasn't even thinking about that run. I had actually forgot totally about that. Forgot about forgot your wife. About it. I did not forget about you, but I will say this. Maybe, maybe there's a reason that we are always <laughs> on opposite teams. You know, I mean, it's kind of like the reason that I let you drive everywhere. You know, I am... <laughs> I'm, I'm putting my faith to work. I, I'm, I'm growing my faith by riding with you, a maniac, driving down the road at 150 miles an hour. I get you to point so, A and point B. So in the games, we're always against each other because we know we're going to get mad at each other. Oh, yeah. And then later we can make up. Yeah, that didn't happen that day. Um, coach? You got a shovel over there because you're going to have to help your buddy fill in this hole he's digging. <laughs> I was agreeing with Jonna. Yeah, we, we're saying. on the same team. See? But he's going to need some help getting out of this All hole right. dug. I need, I need Riley, Allie, Madison. I need Baby Stroop. I need Bill and Terry and everybody else that was on my team. Uh, I, need, I need them to come to the rescue because I just realized, and I realized it just before we clicked record, 
Connor on the After Amen podcast is over there complaining, and he was on you guys' team. And then now I'm sitting at a table recording this podcast, and I'm with everybody who was against me, even your wife, the scorekeeper, who was against me trying to take points away from us. So, do you need to I'm, get you a participation listen, no, no, no. trophy? No. Oh. But, <laughs> we, you know we don't believe in those. That, that was <laughs> well, it's kind of sounding like you want participation. No, trophy. just for once in my life, I I've got to agree with the victim mentality on this oh, issue because everybody's it. against me. Poor, poor, pitiful me. Everybody hates Casey. Oh, anyways, whatever. So I was on here. I'm on here because my husband decided to throw me under the bus, drive backed up right back over me, <laughs> and then grabbed John and threw her under there. I did and not. I was on your team. I was telling you, you could not keep score. You told her, but I can't count. Well, you can't. Well, she was so into the game. She yes, just cheered everybody on. for everybody. That's I mean, not, ju- that's not the scorekeeper's job. The scorekeeper is to keep score. You don't cheer for any team. So that shows bias to one of the other teams. Yeah, but see, even if we're so, competing, even if y'all are competing, it doesn't matter. we're score still keeper. married. I'm still trying to be uh, loving on my team or loving on my husband um, and loving on my brother, trying to keep it fair. Yeah. And then y'all just say that I'm a cheater job. and can't count. That's to keep score. That's all your focus is. But he was one of those annoying coaches where he's always like, what's the score? What's the score? How many outs? How many this? How many that? Oh, okay, okay. Now, now, we have played games as, as our families have played games like this for many, many years, okay? And every inning, I always ask what the score is. And that's just so I can try to keep up and make sure that I'm not getting cheated. Okay, this is what we need. A donation for a scoreboard. (laughs) Listen, if you're watching baseball on TV, when they switch innings, do they not put a graphic up on the screen that shows we're, what the score currently is? We were playing. Okay, so I'm just asking what the score is. We were playing kickball in the middle of the woods. There's not a scoreboard. Was he not every you, two seconds? Outs and look, how many scores? I played many. We played basketball. We played softball, <laughs> baseball. He asks what the score is a lot. He does. It's like a broken record. And I'm just, I'm going to say this kind of in my defense. I'm kind of throwing myself under the bus. But I do have trouble keeping up with the game. Okay? I'm not going to lie about it. I do have trouble because I do support every time. And you said, y'all said we've been playing games for years. So you know I stink at keeping (laughs) score. Yet you gave me a paper and a pen. So So I did give you the paper and the pen. Who did? Somebody did. That's not on me. uh, This guy right here. I don't know. So in in Casey's defense, all right, so he knows she can't count, so he has to ask what the score is every 10 seconds. Well, let's just put it this way. There will be somebody else taking score next year, and Dennis is going to be played. That's right. So... So just let the record show the coach should not give her a paper and pen and tell her to keep the score. And I, I, I'm going to go ahead and, and call Dinah for my team because she's got years of frustration that she's going to be <laughs> – No, she's, she's going to have build up and that leg yeah. is going to be like, poo. Yep. We may never see that kickball. <laughs> I don't know what's going to happen. And, Chad, you can chime in on this. I'm going to be on Team Gunner, and um, Coach and Casey can be on Team Cage together. Yep. Because, oh. no, I don't want to be on team with either one of them. Oh, oh that stings. Man, that hurts. That's, well. Hey. <laughs> you know, we're, we're married. We're married couples. We've got to forgive and move forward. And forget sometimes. So, <laughs> so it's been how many weeks and we're still hashing this out? Oh, this will go on to next year. Probably. It has. It 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 has. It it'll be an ongoing story, uh, and you know maybe we'll continue to have guests on here who were eyewitnesses to what was happening and and how many times that Team Cage was was almost cheated. Out of the inaugural Remnant Youth Retreat kickball game, but oh, I can't wait to next year. As the coach mentioned, as the coach mentioned last week, so everybody can agree that there was no doubt. I mean, we came back and won it by three, and we were just down by two. So 
there is no no doubts no matter what the score was they were not touching us we actually won i just remembered something else too oh no hmm do you remember how we weren't call, calling balls or strikes the whole game? That's a whole nother episode. And then yes. all of a sudden, Coach Cage over here starts yelling, that was ball three. Yep. That was strike two. I'm yep. like, no. We ain't been calling that the I don't recall. I do recall. Uh, no, I, I thought we were calling that. No. We, okay, well, we need, we need an umpire, too. We called oh, it at the end sure. of the game, but the last inning that y'all were kicking. Yeah. So if you're listening and you're an umpire and want to come over for the day next year during camp, reach out. Scorekeeper, umpire, because we're going to need your help. <laughs> <laughs> we will ask for forgiveness now. Oh, definitely. <laughs> well, all right. Let's let's move past this and let's get into let's get into some marriage talk. So one of the big things that I wanted to that I wanted to discuss in this is like Jonna recently you have been open well let let me just say this so there was a time that I really I didn't realize it but I would try to encourage you and the kids to read to to pray to to go all in for the Lord. And it was it was just because I knew what the Lord was doing in me. Mm-hmm. And I, I was experiencing something, and I just wanted everybody around me to experience the same thing. And, you know, I would ask y'all, you get home from work and school, and I'd be like, hey, well, you know, did you read anything today? Got any questions? Want, want to talk about it? You know? So without me realizing it, Y'all were kind of taking that as as legalism. Like I was trying to force you guys into it Mm -hmm. instead of encourage, right? Yeah. So there was, back in January, uh, I had been praying, you know, for a while for my relationship with the Lord to be rekindled, that fire to really start burning again. And I mean... To any normal, I say normal, as in probably American normal Christian, uh, they would have looked at me and thought that I was on fire, you know, because we we still went to church. We I still you know got up every morning, read my Bible, and, and did my routines and everything. So it wasn't that I had strayed away or anything like that. It was just that I knew that there was a time that I had a closeness with the Lord. And I wasn't experiencing that anymore. And so, you know, I I pretty much got to the point where I was like, Lord, if I don't have what I used to have with you, then then I can't I can't keep going with this. And so a whole new revival fire started burning in my heart. And one of the first things that he told me when I st- when I went into starting to pray for you and the kids is basically just back off and leave them alone. Mm -hmm. And as hard as that was for me, because I just thought, hey, I'm the dad, I'm the head of the household, I'm the spiritual leader, I need to be encouraging my family. Um, So it was really hard to, to back off, but when I did that, it wasn't but a few weeks, and I just started seeing something amazing start burning in you guys. So what happened during that time? Well, before, when you had asked me, it got to the point where I actually dreaded coming home because I knew that would be the first thing you asked me. It wouldn't be, hey, honey, how's your day? It'd be like, hey, what'd you read today? And I knew I didn't read anything, so I didn't want to tell you anything. So I would just automatically get defensive and put a wall up. But when did we go to Jeremiah Johnson? February. Okay. So <clears throat> January, I seen a shift in you, and I was curious, 
but I was still standoffish. February, we went to Jeremiah Johnson. I was actually, you know, I wasn't going to go that night. I don't know if you remember that, but mm-hmm. I told you I didn't want to go in the last So minute. we didn't go to Jeremiah Johnson. We went to a church that yeah, Jeremiah sorry. Was, sorry. was preaching at here in town. Sorry. Um, I wasn't going to go, and then something changed, and I went. And I'm glad I did, because everything that was said is right on the money of everything that was going on. Um, but I was still standoffish. I tore down just a little bit of wall, but not enough to be on fire, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And then um, from then until the wrestling show. That I just, was the April one? I think so. It's when y'all did wrestling for the faith and everything. Yeah, so that would have been that would have been April. Um, from then to then, I just kept praying to the Lord that I needed something. Because I needed something to work in us. Because if something didn't change, I knew we weren't going to make it. Um, and then Denna and Rhonda and everybody was singing. And I was recording. Like, it was just everything I usually do. Just record, listen. And the Lord came all over me and said, if you want more, you need to go ask for it. And that's what I did. And I've just been seeking ever since. Mm. And there has been an amazing shift in you ever since then, but praise the Lord for that. Have you guys experienced anything like like with us? I mean, married since 2011, saved um, 2012, and there was, it was like we could never get on the same page, you know, and... Mm -hmm. And I hate to say this because it's not its not the way that I looked at it, but the best way that I could describe it is it, it was almost like I'm reaching back and trying to pull Jonna and the rest of the family, you know. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't focus on what I felt like the Lord was trying to move me toward because I was always focusing on trying mm-hmm. to pull them up. Right. Have y'all experienced stuff like that? You want to start? Um, I think early in our marriage, we were, of course, young, but um, Brandon, until probably the last five or six years, was very standoffish with everybody. He worked a lot. Um, I was at home a lot with the kids by myself, um, kind of had to be the spiritual leader because he that that was the way he showed us love not that there was anything wrong with that but right. he worked so much that I tried I I felt like I had to take on that role and um I prayed for a long time and had other people praying because I was I women aren't made for that we're just not made to do that honestly um sorry if you're a feminist and feel like that you are but we're just not made we're not made to do that. We're yeah. made to be women. Um, and so I we had, I feel like we had a lot of trouble, a lot of balancing issues big time then. But then when Brandon got sick that year in February, yeah, um, it's everything changed. Yeah. I think at times we, uh, we had both come from a previous marriage. So when we got together, we had all this baggage. Yes. Mm. That we thought we let go, but we didn't. Yes. And I didn't realize it was still there until five or six years ago, when I got sick, mm-hmm. actually. Mm-hmm. So carrying that, listen, when we come to the cross, we come with we come with baggage, right? Mm-hmm. We had a little extra baggage because we we had both been in a failed marriage. I had two daughters in the previous marriage, so we had a little extra baggage when I when I came to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. So. So we get together and it's just like we just bring the stuff and we don't realize it's still there until years down the road. Man, there's just walls still there that she's not trusting me and I'm just, I'm still feel like I need to work all the time. But that's how I was, in my mind, that's how I was, that was my job to mm-hmm. provide, which it is to provide. But Jesus, God's the ultimate provider, right? Mm-hmm. And so I just got in that mindset where I just worked and, and there were, and up until recently, there's still times where she was 
spiritually high and I was kind of lagging and then mm-hmm. I'd jump ahead. It's like mm-hmm. we couldn't ever. Back and forth. Back and forth. We was climbing a ladder. She'd get one rung ahead and then I'd go back. So it was like we were on escalators yes. and like we would pass each other going the so other she's direction. Going up, I'm coming yeah. back down. We would pass each thing. other and be just for a split second in the same spot and then then jerked out of each other again. But once I realized, hey, I'm, I'm supposed to be the spiritual leader. But up until this year, January, it was around January, February. I, I mean, we talked, but I prayed and I asked God to show me how to love my wife like he loves me. Mm. That's when it all changed for me. Yeah. That's when I really got this identity thing. And really, man, you've been, Lord's like, you've been preaching for three years and it's now getting it. Mm-hmm. It's just been the last year for me. I mean, we're both 44 now. and So it's been almost, yeah, yeah. Since we're here. The uh, last year, September, we've well, really, September, so. both of us, I think, have really realized our identity and um, realized it doesn't lie in our past or in the trash that we carry or into in our other. marriage or even, yes, yeah. or even in each other or in our kids. Yeah. I mean, that was one of my issues. I was always mom, mom, mom. And our kids are older there now, so it kind of makes it a little easier because they don't depend on you as much um but i think we finally realized who we are and like he said we when we got married he had the he had the two girls um we i mean we were married a little i mean over a year when we had riley so we really hadn't gotten to know each other as just brandon and dinna and so that made it a little hard to um, we didn't know each, we didn't know ourselves, so it was hard for us to really even get to know each other. Mm-hmm. And so that, that makes any sense. We yeah. knew each yeah, other, yeah. but there's we, so much that we we didn't even know about our own selves. Yeah. yeah, so many walls we put up in this area or that area, and it's like. And you focus all about the kids. Yeah, that's a big yeah, thing. Yeah, work, working kids, work for me, kids for her, and I was you know focused on the kids too. But it was just up until this year, in the last seven or eight months. So it's like. Just knowing. Mm-hmm. And he gave me the love for people as well. And I joked about it last week. But there's just a difference because I know who I am. I don't have to be like anybody else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm the husband that she deserves. Mm-hmm. Well, and I, not only did I have, I mean, you had, your parents were still married, not that they went without issues but i came from a broken home where my dad was an alcoholic there was um abuse there and and um not physical abuse but mental abuse and just watching the things that went on in in a home that um where there was an alcoholic father and thank god he's saved now and maybe that's a maybe that's another podcast that we Mm -hmm. get me and him on and talk about that we've talked about sharing that um but anyway uh I carried all that baggage. So I decided I literally moved into our marriage with 7,500 trash bags trying to yeah. move into a new life and but hadn't got rid of the trash out of my old life. And honestly, probably the last three, probably about five years, um, I finally have gotten rid of that trash. Mm. So. so a couple of those things that I want to touch on that was brought up. One... Jonna, you just mentioned about uh, people focusing so much on kids. I've heard so many stories of people, married people, and they're married for 18, 20 years, whatever, Mm -hmm. and then their kids move out, and they end up getting a divorce. Mm -hmm. It's like they don't even know each other. You know, so Mm -hmm. the whole time they were focused on their kids, they never took the time to focus on themselves, to have getaways by themselves, have date nights by themselves. Right. You know, everything revolved around the kids. And that's not, I mean, we love our kids, but that's not the way God's structure no. is. You know, in our lives, it's supposed to be God number one, our spouse number two, mm-hmm. our kids number three, and then everything else. Mm-hmm. And and so, but so many people, uh, they put the kids number one. Or they might have God number one, but they put the kids number two. Yeah, well. And their spouse. If they put God number one, then 
that's right, but if they're following what God is saying, then they should know that it's wrong that you're putting the kids before your spouse. Right. But with this generation sitting at the table, I think we pretty much struggled growing up. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Um, the generation has now. They don't know what struggle is. Um, because this generation always said, I want to give my kids more than what I had. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And, that that, and that's, that's great. Mm-hmm. But if you're not giving them Jesus, you ain't giving them anything that you had when you were younger. Yeah. You're not giving them anything that's lasting. I mean, yes. God is the only thing. Taking your kids to Jesus, showing them what a Christian mother, a real mother, a real father should be like. Yeah. That is the most important thing that we should be teaching them. We should teach them good morals. They should, you know, have good work, work ethic um, and things like that. But in the end, when it's all said and done and the day is over and our life is over, none of the rest of that matters. It's mm-hmm. did we lead them to Jesus? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and showing them to love their spouse. Yes. Yeah. And to show them what a healthy Christian yeah. marriage is. Because yeah. if you do everything behind closed doors, you know, while the kids ain't, I, and I'm not talking nothing crazy. I'm just talking about loving them. Like, you know, I know the kids make fun of me sometimes because I make your plate. I bring it to you. Yeah. I do that because I love you, not mm-hmm. because you're the king and I spool you. It's just, <laughs> it's because I love you. Oh, you just popped his bubble. I know. I, yeah. I, I remember having that conversation whenever we, whenever we first started uh, dating again, round two, and you know, uh, not the high school time, but like, I remember she'd come over and and we would fix we'd fix supper and. I'd be sitting on the couch when it'd get done, and, and she'd bring me my plate, and it, it was foreign to me at first. I was like, "What are you doing? Like, Bringing your plate?" I said, "I can fix my own plate." And you know, she got in the habit of, you know, every time she's like, "Sit down, I'll bring it." And I, I told her one day, I said, "I said you're going to regret this one day." I said, "I'm going to get used to this." <laughs> but anyway, we should be showing our kids a a happy, healthy marriage. And we all go through struggles. We all go through things. And your kids don't have to know about every little thing. Yes. Mm. They don't need to. Right. It's not good for them. No. But also, they they do need to say, like you said, they need to see how daddy loves mommy Mm -hmm. and how mommy loves daddy. Mm -hmm. Because there's going to come a time, most likely... What kids are going to mimic when they get older mm-hmm. is exactly what they seen in the home growing up. Mm-hmm. So dads out there, listen to this, especially if you've got daughters. Uh, how you treat your wife is most likely what your daughter is going to go look for, yeah. whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. You know, there's a lot of uh, girls who grew up in abusive homes you know, seeing their moms getting verbally and mentally and, and physically abused, and they they gravitate toward that when they get older. Mm-hmm. They go to that kind of relationship. You know, they see alcoholism or drugs or stuff like that, and they gravitate toward that. So parents, you know, you've got a, you've got a very serious job, but... I know, I, I can speak from that from experience. That's exactly what I did in my first marriage. The first, my first marriage, um, he was an alcoholic. We were really young and he was already an alcoholic. And um, our marriage only lasted three months because I realized the patterns. Mm -hmm. I already saw the patterns the things that I swore I would never allow in my life again. I had invited into my life and didn't even realize it. Mm -hmm. So the other thing that y'all would mention bringing baggage from previous relationships mm-hmm. into your marriage. Where, what, are, what is some advice that you could give people? Like, I know for me, um, honestly, and, and maybe I'm wrong, maybe if you can point out something, you can correct me, but like, from the time I was now before I was saved 
it was all about me, all about my life. I was prideful. I was an idiot. Uh, I cared about cocky. Uh, cocky. Yes, cared about nobody but myself, and sadly, that included God and my family. But after I was born again, I don't know that there was much baggage or, or things that held me back from being who I maybe I should ask you because there might be stuff that I don't recall but it was there anything that you know of from a, one of my previous relationships that kept me from being who I should have been for you after I was born again mm, no actually I'm probably the one that hindered that because I didn't forgive you for a long time. Yeah. It's like I knew when I rededicated my life or whatever, um, I knew he forgave me. And I knew he forgave you, but I was always, because of previous relationships, always getting told I won't do it again or anything like that. I didn't truly believe you, so I always had that wall up. Mm -hmm. I do remember a time, uh, I remember, I think it was two or three years after we were both born again that, uh, you know, we had kind of got into a little dust up and, and it was over something to do with the past. And I mean, you know, I'm I'm an open book. I admit I screwed up. I was a womanizer I was just stupid you know before I gave my life to Jesus but you know there was a time that you had continued to like beat me down mm -hmm. for my past mistakes and I, I remember a time where I just broke down and I said you know honey I don't know what else to do all I know is that the Lord's forgiven me why can't you yeah and I, I recall a shift after that. Yeah, because um, I remember praying and just saying, you know, I, I've got to release this. Because it, it wouldn't just George you, it was killing inside of me. Mm -hmm. It would bring me down. But I remember when I fully knew the answer, because I think it was the first time you was called to preach. And I was leaving for work, and you told me to come sit down. And you hugged me. So I knew it had to be bad. Cause <laughs> You probably thought I was going to swing on you. Um, <laughs> and you told me some stuff. And I said, it's okay. I knew then that I forgave you. Mm -hmm. Because if it was the old me, I would have swung. <laughs> <laughs> Just being honest. Yeah. Y'all got, so y'all kind of mentioned some of y'all's baggage. So Go ahead. one of my pieces of advice would be if you're bringing in past trash from other relationships, hurts from another person, you have to remember the person you're with right now is not that person mm -hmm. that hurt you. And you have to give them, I mean, if you've done things in the past, you want a fresh start as well. Um, and so you ha that's one of the things you have to keep in mind. I had to remember Brandon's not like my dad. Brandon's not my ex-husband. Um, and it's, I mean, our first year of marriage, I can honestly say was really rough. Um, cause I was really trying to work through a lot of that stuff. I, and I was, one of the issues was I was super insecure. I've always struggled with my weight. Um, I've already, I've always, my dad, bless his heart, he thought he was motivating me to lose weight, but he would constantly talk about my weight. Um, I had a stepsister who was absolutely gorgeous, and so I always compared myself to her. I was made fun of in school, um, you know, uh, then, then getting with my, for being married to my first husband and him putting me down all the time. Um, I was super insecure, so I just always expected, I remember that first year of marriage, and I don't even know if you know this, so this may be confession time. Um, <laughs> I hacked into your email <laughs> because I was so paranoid that you were gonna cheat on me because I was so used, my dad cheated on my mom a million times, my ex-husband in the three months we were married and the year and a half we dated, he cheated on me constantly. Um, and I, that that makes, 
I, and I'm sure it would make a man too feel you're worthless. Oh yeah. I, I'm not good enough, and so they're having to go somewhere else. And um, I, I always worried about that. Yeah. And doesn't it feel so good not have to do that now? Yes. My because Lord. that was exhausting. It was very exhausting. <laughs> yeah. Very exhausting. I wanted to like I. We, you know, when we first got married, cell phones were like flip phones. There was no yeah. texting. Like we didn't have photos, so I didn't really get in. I would check. I would check your cell phone records. Like these, and I'm listen. This is stuff you're hearing for the first time. Well, we always kind of talked about, it, and maybe not to to this extent, but there's always there's always trust issues. Even with me, it's like yeah, she's not the same thing. She's not my first marriage because. It was three or four years in that marriage that I gave my life to the Lord and realized God's nowhere in this. Mm-hmm. So this went on for another year. I'm thinking I, I was doing what the Lord wanted me to do, giving giving everything that I had to this marriage. I said, God, and one day I said, God, if this is not it, if this is it, you just, just separate us. Mm-hmm. That way we, we can both move on. And that's what it did. But there was still that wall that I had put up uh, mm-hmm. letting people in. Especially so when we got married, I, there's things I didn't want her to. There's a wall that I put up that no, you can't. I'm not giving you that piece, right, that piece of that piece of heart right there. Mm-hmm. I don't want it to be broken again. So we all come. We we both come into this thing with triple baggage or whatever. But I do want to say this: when you come to Jesus, mm-hmm. you don't have to clean up. Right. That's right. You just go to the cross and you tell him and you surrender, and he takes it all away from you. Yes. You don't have to. We talked a lot. I, I I tried. I tried. You don't have to try. Just go surrender. Yeah. Say Jesus, here I am. This is the real me. Everything I got is you. Everything I got is yours. So once we surrender that, and don't realize that you gotta, I gotta fix this. I gotta fix now. Just go to the cross. Let Him fix it. Yeah. But that's what I brought to. With this is like. And up to about five or six years ago, I really understood. And then the last seven or eight months, it's the little things. Holding hands. Telling yeah. you I love you when you leave. I was just never that person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. I wanted to be. I wanted to be. But I didn't want to put myself out there. I must, I'm, I'm just going to get hurt. And we've been married 10, we've, we've been married 10, 12 years at this point, you know? Yeah. So it's like, things like the I mean, there were times it was so bad. The girls would even, they would say, why does daddy never hold your hand when we go to the store? That's the thing. Or they would ask, they would ask Brandon, why don't you ever hold Dee's hand? Or, you know, um, and when we first, when we first got married, I have always been a very affectionate person. And I would go over and sit by him on the couch and rub his back or rub his arms. And he'd be like, why are you going to be all over me all the time? Because he had that wall up. He wasn't ready to let me in at all. Um, and it would hurt my feelings. Like I would, it would, it, and that added to the baggage that I was already carrying. I was like, oh, you don't even want me to touch him, you know? So what? Yeah. What do I do? And that's things I've asked for forgiveness for, and I still think about things like that. Man, my kids didn't. I hope they see it now, but they didn't see it then, and that's something, man. I I don't like to live with regrets, but sometimes I regret. Man, I was just. It's the little things like that. Yeah. But now I see that we're very important. But I had to swallow it like yeah, yeah. it's not yeah. I'm not going to that that place. Yeah. So. You had you had that and then I had the super bad trust. I mean, I know you had some trust yeah. issues, well, but yeah. you just had a brick wall up. Yeah. A huge brick wall and then I had the trust issues and then you not wanting me to touch you, you know, made me feel that way. But we are way past that now, thank goodness. Yeah. And I think, and you were talking about, and I just want to say this to you and honor you, um, in our marriage now, one of the things that I, one of the things that I absolutely love is that I have realized that you are my very best friend in the world. Right. And you know, I wasn't raised like that. I was raised, not that my mom did anything wrong, but her best friend was not my dad. It wasn't my stepdad. Her right. best friend was her mom and her brothers. And um, and that's just how she was raised. Not that that's wrong or right, but I know that our kids see that you are my very best friend in the world. And I think that's so important in a marriage and in love that your spouse be your very best mm-hmm. friend. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. So one thing I'll just 
I'll leave it at this. I saw something you always say, "Happy wife, happy life," and all that. But I saw a post that said, "Happy spouse, happy house." Yeah, yeah. it takes two. Mm-hmm. Yes. So you gotta let all that stuff go that's went on in the past. Just give it to Jesus. Just give it to Him, whatever it is. And man, once you get to know your spouse, like you're supposed to know each other, biblically, mm-hmm. it's just man, it's a game changer. Now it's here. Here's to another. Uh, let's see if I get this right. Uh, Seventeen years. Eighteen? <laughs> yes, I was almost. Here's sorry. to another lot of years, Coach. Yeah. Come on, you, you should have. Your 20, son yes. just turned seventeen. We've yeah. been married eighteen. Uh, yeah, so because <laughs> he was born after our first anniversary. Hey, I almost got it, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I want to say two things. You can tell it's such a shift with you guys. You know, y'all have been our yeah. best friends for I don't even know how long. I'm not even going to try to guess that one, <laughs> but just Brandon, how you've just humbly opened up. Yeah. To everybody. Yeah. You know, I knew you when you didn't talk to nobody. Oh, Even yeah. when you did like us, you didn't talk to us. <laughs> and I did like him. I said it, said it for five years. Yeah, we got the thumbs up. <laughs> <laughs> That's another podcast for you guys. That's another story. <laughs> but I want to go back to taking this, your baggage to the cross. You know, I said it at a youth retreat, and I just felt led to tell it again. Um, the way I look at it is when you come, you know, the kids have those little dinosaur eggs. Mm-hmm. And you chisel yeah. It off. You know, I told him at youth, I said, you know, think of yourself that way. And God's just breaking it off. And then when you finally get to the dinosaur, I would like to use a ruby, but I didn't never seen one like that. So we're yeah. use a dinosaur. So when you finally get all that broke off, God's broke that all off of you. And he dusts you off. And he says, you're clean. Mm-hmm. Guess what? You can't put that egg back. No. You yeah. can't put that stuff back together. So your baggage is gone. It's gone. Yes. Yeah. That's good. That's real and good. S- you know, that's something that that's something that people need to need to learn. Like, I mean, there were times with us and I didn't realize it until I don't know, was we at church a couple of weeks ago and you mentioned running to my mom several times mm-hmm. and, and saying Jenna. Yeah. Saying, you know, I'm I wasn't I'm not made to be a preacher's wife. <laughs> I'm telling you, that was I was standing firm on that one. But I always felt like you were on another level. And you know, even going back to even when we got saved, you know, you got saved before I did and it was just a few weeks after I just I don't know, I felt like I was just never right there with you. Um, I, I'm not making fun, you know, and not trying to be funny, but I do feel like you're like the Bible wizard, you know. <laughs> I could be, I could be like saying something. You're like, it's right here, right here, and I'm like, man, God, why can't I know that? Um, but I always felt like I was never on that level, and you were going so much farther than I was, and I felt like I could just don't even I couldn't even catch up. I, like I was way out of breath, winded back there, and. I felt like a failure to you and God and to the kids because I couldn't be the spiritual person I needed to be. But I was looking at you. Mm, that's good. Yeah. That's it. You know, I wasn't looking to get to the Lord. I was looking at you. That's good. Mm. And, you know, another thing I said at church, God didn't call me to be you. Yes. Um, that's it. I can say stuff sometimes. And I only talk when the Lord tells me to, or I just sit down and that's it. Um, but like Denna, Denna can sing. I would love to sing like Denna, but God didn't call me to sing. I'll tell you that right now. Um, but I just needed to focus on the Lord. I didn't need to focus on everybody else around me. Yeah. And let Him work on me. Yes. That's that's a huge thing. You were not called to be me. So many Christians have, they they get focused on others. And whether it's, oh, this Christian does that, so I can do that. Or whether it's, like you said, oh, he's so far ahead of me, I can never be that. And 
number one, we need to recognize those things because right. that is straight condemnation from the enemy. Mm-hmm. If it's saying you can't, mm-hmm. that's the enemy because, you know, condemnation is always telling you, it's it's always beating you down. You're, you're, uh, you're just you're never going to do it you're you're never going to be good enough you're hopeless you're worthless mm-hmm. you know i mean it, it's just constant beat down constant beat down constant beat down and as christians we need to recognize those things and not be intimidated by what we see but the big thing is you were not created to be me mm-hmm. everybody has their purpose and, you know, now, the last couple of months, uh, you have proven to be, and I ain't saying, I ain't talking about you standing before the church and, and opening the Bible and preaching a, a you know, 3.5 point, 12 point, whatever they call them, sermon. I'm talking about when the Holy Ghost moves on you, you stand up and and just speak what's on your mind, and then you hand the mic back over and sit down. That's dynamic. Yeah. You know? And people need to realize that God has put, you know, I preached on it a couple of weeks ago at church about the body of Christ, and every member of the body is just as important as the other. You know, the nose is no more important than the eye. Mm -hmm. The mouth is no more important than the foot. We all work together and we all have special gifts that the Lord has put in us to help do the work of the kingdom. Mm -hmm. And so it's a major distraction of the enemy to say, well, look, you're not like this person or or even in your, you're not like your husband. You, you can't memorize all of this Bible stuff. You're not smart enough for that. You're not this or you're not that. So you may as well just give up. That's lies from the enemy. Yeah. And I, and my biggest thing, I'm better run out of time. Okay. Um, is I always say I'll stutter yeah. because I always have. And you don't. I don't. No. no. And, you know, um, or even reading, I'm afraid I'm going to say something wrong. Well, if I don't know the word, I just look at Casey and say, hey, what's the word? You know, used to, I'd be embarrassed about that. Mm. But I remember it was about a year ago, and I just told you this, um, where we were just arguing all the time for, what, two weeks, something like that? I mean, we just could not just get a grip. And I remember going outside calling your mama and I'm squalling because like I'm done like I'm done I either he's coming to live with you or I'm moving out no I'm serious I was done because I felt like I felt even like the kids couldn't look up to me in that spiritual way because I didn't feel like I was to that level and I think it's important to know that people do struggle mm-hmm. and it's okay mm-hmm just because we have a good godly Christian life doesn't mean we don't struggle. Exactly. Um, and I remember your mama and I remember Dennis saying, the Lord is going to do something big. The enemy is just trying to tear it down. And I and I came this close to saying the enemy can have it because I'm done. Right. But I'm glad I didn't. Yeah. Because not just because I love my family, but what the Lord has done in me that I can grow into our family and with the Lord. Mm-hmm. I mean, you didn't even know I was to that point no, until I recently. Didn't. <clears throat> so looking back on all of that now, what would you say? Would you say, and, and listen, I know that I've had faults, but would you say that it was primarily my fault that you were standoffish towards getting closer to the Lord or was it just mainly that you were listening to the all the lies of the enemy oh mostly uh the eyes of the or whatever you're lies saying. yeah lies of the enemy um I think you had to learn though how to approach people 
I think God really humbled you through that. Mm. And I think that was just part of how you've grown so much, too. Maybe that was just all the tests, too. Um, because I know everybody's the same. Mm-hmm. Well, and two, just from the outside looking in, you know that old saying, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. You, and we've preached this to the kids. You can't ride anybody's coattails. You can't allow right. your family to ride your coattails. They have to get there. The Bible even says you're going to search out your salvation on your own. And they have to get there by themselves. Um, God wants an authentic relationship with each person, authentic and intimate relationship. But if I drag somebody there, they're only there because I drug them mm-hmm. there. They're not there because they want to have a right. relationship. And I think it took you stepping back for her to say, wait a minute. I need my own personal relationship with the Lord. I need to stop looking at Casey and I've got to look. Yeah. Look at Jesus. That's good. I don't think it, I, I really don't feel like there was a fault. It was just right. a growing, you know, because we're a little bit older, so I'm a, I'm a mama D for a minute. <laughs> but uh, I don't think there was a fault there. I think it was just, it was part of spiritual maturity and it was a learning it was a learning it was experience. It was growth. What do we always say? Always remain teachable. Mm-hmm. Yes. I, we're always teach. We're always learning. We're always spiritually growing. It don't matter how old you are. You're growing every day if you just seek after the Father. Yeah. And he'll yeah. show you th- even things you didn't realize. Oh yeah. That, that I was doing, she was doing is just. I always tell my kids, you got to learn to feed yourself. Mm-hmm. I want, I, of course, I'll pray for you. I'll help you. I'll. You got questions? I'll answer, I'll try to answer for you, but you got to get into the word for yourself, mm-hmm. and you got to pray. When I'm not around, you got to get into that place where you can just go to the Father and talk to Him like you would me. Mm-hmm. So I always tell, I always tell my kids, you got to learn how to feed yourself. You know, yeah. you got to learn to pull yourself at the table, mm-hmm. even when you don't feel like it, even when you're too tired. I have to do it. I have to do it daily. You know, when Casey went to man camp, um, this is one of the things he asked me what did i learn anything while he was gone mm. and uh so that was march right or was that no, april that was at the end of april yeah okay um i started really seeking a lot more then but my biggest thing was lord showed me you need to be the spirit not spiritual leader but i need to be right there with him mm. because if something was to happen to casey where would you be? Where would your walk be without Casey? And that really hit me because, you know, we couldn't talk all week long. Yeah. I couldn't say nothing. And I was like, I need to be there. Because if he's not here, God forbid anything happened to him, where would my kids go? Where, what would I be teaching them? Mm-hmm. Would, I, would I just fall back to, eh, we can go to church on Sundays and Wednesdays and check it off our list? Or can I show right. them? What needs to be happening every day? Yes, mm-hmm. that's all about learning how. I just put a symbol like you're feeding yourself. You yeah, mm-hmm. you're seeking after the Father. Just seek after Him, and I tell you, everything else just goes. Mm-hmm. It just falls in the line. It has. It's been an amazing ride. I'm telling you, the Lord. He really did something at the very beginning of this year. Yes, and I really felt like. 2022 was going to be a dynamic year for the kingdom of God and for our families, and it is. Um, and I'm I'm so happy with where we're we're at and where we're going. And there's some of you out there who are listening to this, and you're like, "Well, we're we're not quite there." Well, you just keep leaning in. Yes. Yes. Number one, I, I want you to get out of your mind. You were not created to be your spouse. Yeah. Um, you, we all have different gifts that are that God has given us to use for the kingdom. Um, you were not created to be your spouse, and you may just be like, you know, if if you're. You're not created to be your spouse, but you should be lining up. But you don't need to be trying to work so hard and condemning yourself when you feel like you can't get to that place. 
You need to rest in the finished work of Christ and say, Lord, I'm yours. Just take me, mold me, however long it takes. I'm not in a race. I'm not trying to be like somebody else. Mm. And I'm not going to listen to the lies of the enemy when he tries to condemn me for not being on, like you said, a the same spiritual level or the, the same this or that. I'm going to rest and know that you are doing a work and it's a perfect work and you're going to do it right. Yeah. Anybody else got anything on that? I have one more piece of advice. I just really felt led to share this. Something else that's super important even in your marriage, not only be your your spouse's best friend, but if there's something you can't talk to your spouse about, be cautious about who else you're talking to. Okay. Yeah. If they are not leading you or giving you godly advice, then that's the wrong, you're talking to the wrong people. Um, you know, and it hit me when Jonna was talking about, she talked to me and Rhonda and we were saying, just pray about it. God's going to do something good. There are people that would, um, I'm sure in Jonna's life, I know there's some in my life. Well, you need to just kick him to the curb oh, and just give up. And if people are telling you those things, they don't have your best interest. They're not seeking God. You need to find somebody that you can talk to that is going to pray for you, pray with you, um, hold you accountable. And that's one thing I can say. I think about our friendships. If I had to reach out to Jonna, she's going to hold me accountable and I, I will do the same thing for her. Mm-hmm. Um, I just really felt led to share that. If you, if it's something that you can't agree with your spouse on and you do need to talk, cause we all need friends. We do need friends. And there are things sometimes that you know, you don't want to talk to your spouse about, you know, you should be completely open, but, um, especially if it's, you're to the point where Jonna said she was, she was ready to just throw in the towel. You've got to find somebody that will pray for you, um, and, and give you godly advice. Mm-hmm. I took the, you know, 40 year route there of saying that, but yeah, if they don't tell you go to Jesus, don't pray. If that's yeah. the first two things, you better walk off. Yeah. yeah. Cause they're, there's, they're speaking to you through the enemy, or the yeah. enemy's speaking to you through them. Yeah. Good and word. be done, be done, get a divorce, move on to the next one, move on with your life. Or you don't need a man. Yeah, that's, oh. here's the thing, that's never, that's never God's plan. He didn't put you together just so he could separate you. Right. You right. know, so, um, you know, that's that's something that we... We need to understand and and fight for our marriages. Um, We need to fight in the spirit. Mm -hmm. We need to know who we are in Christ. Yes. And we need to be focused on him and not focused on the rest of the world, not focused on getting bad advice from people. But we just do what he's called us to do. Let him work everything out. Take everything to him. And one thing that I have been guilty of that I come back from man camp and said that we are going to start doing that the Lord really convicted me of is is praying more with you. And we got on a habit of doing that. And then we we slumped. But uh, just so you know, we're about to get back in that habit. That's funny because I saw about that yesterday morning when I kissed you goodbye. I was like, or after I got in the car, I was like, we don't pray anymore before I go to work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, we're about to start doing it a lot more. Um, but anyway, whew, great episode, guys. I, I just pray that this is uh, touches people's hearts and uh, that the Lord uses it in a mighty, mighty way. we got like one minute left. Anybody got anything they want to say? Just to clear that up, what I said, I want to clear up my comment. If your husband or your wife is physically abusing you and telling you they're going to kill you, I'm Correct. not saying stay with them. You need to be safe. No. I want to make sure that's clear yeah. uh, because, you know, I left for reasons like that. My mom left for reasons like that. No one, God doesn't even expect you to stay in a relationship where your life is in danger at right. all. Um, there are resources for that. And um, I will just throw that out there if you need help finding those resources. 
resources, you can find me on Facebook. Also, I think um, women need to speak with women and men need to speak with men. Yes. Amen. I do want to put that out there real yeah. quick. I agree. Yeah. That opens the door for too much temptation. Right. All right, guys. Thanks for joining us. Be sure to share the Wrestling for the Faith podcast with your friends. We love you. God bless you. Have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening to Wrestling for the Faith. Don't forget to follow Casey Cage on Twitter at RealCaseyCage. Follow Chad Lale on Twitter at CWLale underscore Gunner. And follow the show at Facebook.com slash Wrestling for the Faith.